listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And before we get into today's topic, which Fred and I are really excited about, um, we want to tell you about our upcoming episode. So obviously not this one, but mm-hmm. the next one, which will come out on Ash Wednesday. Which is March 2nd. Yes. And we are really excited for the next episode. So basically what we decided to do is take up the topic of Lent because it's Ash Wednesday, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have invited several of our friends as guests. Um, you you know so- Sonia Corbett. She's mm-hmm. one of them. Um, and who are our other guests? Matthew right? Leonard, who's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Sonia and Matthew both have, of course. Yep. Good friends of ours. And also Taylor Schroll from Forte Catholic. He yep. also a uh, podcaster as well. Yep. So we have three guests and then also Fred and myself. So it's going to be basically four different segments, um, all very short, but really like, okay, how to make Lent intentional in our own life and how to really allow God to move in us and bring about the fruit that he wants to. And they also share some of their own personal experiences with Lent, some of the fruitful things, but also the harder things. So we're really excited about that next episode. So mark your calendars for not just Ash Wednesday, go get your ashes, but also listen to Draw Near. Yes. Get your ashes in church. Yes. (laughs) And listen to Draw Near. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Dad joke. That was a dad joke. That is a dad joke. Yes. Um, Okay. So getting into today's topic um we want to take up something that i think is going to be really fun but also really personal um really invite you into our lives i know that's something that we try and do with draw near um but this is even a little bit more because it's very family oriented so we're going to be talking a lot about our families and our experiences as parents um but really we want to take on the topic today of handing on your faith to kids um, is, this isn't necessarily an episode that's solely for people who are currently parents, although obviously we're going to be sharing our experiences as parents. Um, but even if you are just like a catechist, okay, what's a good way to have this topic, uh, discussed with my younger students, or if you're discerning marriage and family life, um, you know, hopefully this can, can, can kind of help you to prepare for that a little bit as well. So this is really still a topic for everybody, but we do want to take on, you know, how, how do you talk about the faith with your kids? Because I think it's kind of its own little, you, you learn as you go. You really learn as you go. And really even aunts and uncles that may be listening Mm -hmm. or even big siblings that maybe you're listening. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think there's things that you can draw from this episode that are helpful. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think that it's specifically important, not just in like the day to day, like if you're a catechist or if you're you know, somebody just who's around kids all the time, but like specifically in the family, because, you know, the church calls the family to be the domestic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in Lumen Gentium. I looked it up. Uh, so Fred's going to be like, no, it's not. No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's in Lumen Gentium. Um, but basically it says the family is the domestic church. And then it goes in to talk about like how parents and all that we do and all that we say in our word and in, and in our example, we are the first preachers of the faith to our children. And so I think this is so, so important. And this episode is not at all meant to be like, you know, here are things that Fred and I do with our own kids, not our kids together. No, Let's clarify. I know what you meant. Okay, I know. <laughs> um, but here are some things that we do. And like, we don't want this to be a bragging because let me tell you, there are so many, so many opportunities right. where I'm like, wow, I really screwed that one up. Yeah. Um, so we don't want this to be anything where it's like, you feel badly or lacking in this area of handing on your faith. I really definitely think it's just something where you look at what's the next thing that I can do. You know, what's that next thing that I can bring into my home and talk with my kids about. So, um, really like the family as a domestic church, I think is so important. Um, 
that's something we talk about. Like, like we want to be around those people who kind of hold those, those same values and Mm -hmm. like want to bring God up into the hearts of our kids, like even our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really like that it compares it to the church because the idea is basically, you know, Christ's love is so fruitful that it bears the church. Like that is the fruit of his love. And so it compares that to spouses. Like their love is so fruitful that it bears another person. And to continue that, it should continue being so fruitful, the love in a home that it bears Christ in in their children and in their home. So I really like that connection that it's the domestic church because like that is what it is. It's the church. It's, It's the love that we have that is fruitful. And it should be fruitful in our homes. Right. And even to just thinking about in the church, we encounter Christ. Mm -hmm. And really, our children experience the love of Christ through us and encounter Christ through us. The Christ they know is the Christ we model for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely like a hard thing, I think, for me, because like. There are moments as a mom where you just want to not like you want to hide in the bathroom. Okay, you want to hide in the bathroom. And like this was seriously the other day. My daughter, four years old, she, you know, brings our two-year-old along with her. She's just sitting there, mom, do you see my fingers? And like just shoving her fingers under the bathroom bathroom door. And I'm like, yes, I see your fingers. Can I have two seconds? So this is definitely something that like there are moments where you don't want to always be thinking, okay, what can I do to be a better mom? What can I do to hand on the face? Sometimes you just want to be like, oh, I'm just going to go hide in the bathroom. And I've had those moments where it's very much like, "Mm, I didn't do the best job today, God. Can you help me to learn from my mistake? I love you, child, but I love you over there. Yes, yes. Go over there. Go over there. I prayed for patience. God gave me children. Yes. If you are listening and you don't have kids, like, "Mm, just wait. (laughs) Just wait. We love them. We love them. Their love is overwhelming sometimes. Yes. (laughs) To use your own words. Yeah. Your love overwhelms me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, like we said, we don't want it to be discouraging by any means. Um, I'm sure we're going to share some of those, like, good experiences, but also those learning opportunities. But we really just want this episode to kind of be, like, tips, um, tips on how to hand the faith on to your kids. Because that was one thing um, we talked uh, about a retreat that we did for young adults. And there were people there who, you know, they have kids or people who had maybe fallen away from the church and weren't sure how, as they were coming back, how to navigate that in their own, in their own homes. And I had somebody actually come up and ask that, like, how do I bring this into my home and teach my kid this? So I definitely think it's something to, um, to talk about and to consider. So we're excited to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to Kara's point on, you know, the domestic church and having good friends that support each other, you'll find that in a lot of our stories. Mm -hmm. We, we raise our families together and so there's going to be a lot yeah. of crossover here, but yeah. that's a beautiful thing because you need help. You need support. You need friendship and godparents are a good thing. Right. And right. they help you in that journey. So, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, mm-hmm. you got you guys have a baby coming yes, in like yes, we a do. week. Yes, we do. I <laughs> uh, share that with our yeah, listeners. Yeah. Uh, so Francis Claire, yep, soon will be on her way. Yeah. And that is very exciting. Kara, of course, godmother. Yep. And BJ's the godfather. Yep. 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 Godmother two times yes yeah yeah so, so yeah it's exciting we're looking forward to um baby number six yes so yeah i'm excited too i already told bj i get a holder at the baptism yeah. so that's my <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah so okay so diving into some of the the first tips um so i think the first tip and fred you already kind of alluded to this um and so does lumen gentium but the first tip i think is we have to be witnesses to our kids ourselves 
we have to be living as a witness. Can you speak a little bit to that, Fred? Yes, Kara, I think that goes right back to your, to what I said earlier about the Christ our kids know is the Christ we model for them. Are we trying to live our life like Christ? Are we trying to demonstrate the love of Christ? Are we trying to follow him as he calls us to? So some examples I can think of there is, do our kids get to see us in prayer? Do we take prayer seriously? Do we invite them to pray with us? Do we spend time in the Word, reading Scripture, do they see that? I think those are important things that the kids see so that they can see that is an important thing. Going to Mass, obviously, being attentive at Mass, going to confession, things like that, I think are important things. I think they also have to see the struggle, too. Like, I don't know, I just think of moments, so, so like, that's important, and I know our kids see us doing those things, but I also think of, like, you know, those weak moments where I get really easily frustrated or really impatient. I think they have to see you like apologize, whether it's to your spouse or it's to them. Um, because, you know, seeking forgiveness and recognizing our own shortcomings is also living as a witness. And mm-hmm. so I just think of a moment with, um, with my daughter and I'm sure most of my stories are going to have my daughter. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very much like I did not have patience and I was getting very frustrated and I think I yelled at them. And so I kind of had to come back and be like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And I think I was just getting very frustrated. And so in those moments and, and this kind of builds on a different teaching moment, but her, her response was like the most precious thing. It was literally like, well, mom, if you're frustrated, you just need to pray to God to help you. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That like, that is exactly yeah. what I need to do. And that kind of stems from like the car rides that we have and, and have talked about, but I just asked her like, will you pray for me? And so she just, she's four years old and she just stopped and goes, God, mom is frustrated. Please help her to not be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it was very simple. Right. But like, I think if, if we are living as a witness, we have to show them kind of the good, the bad and the ugly. Like faith is not always easy. Yeah. It's not always the prayer. It's not always the mass. Sometimes it's like, wow, I was not a very good witness in that moment. And I need to help, like, mm-hmm. I need to show that to you and and yeah. seek forgiveness. Kara, you know? that's exactly where I was going to go with that story is yeah, I couldn't tell you how many times I've apologized to yeah. my kids. And sometimes it's not even some frustration I took out on them. Um, I can think of um, Jim from Amazon <laughs> got quite the earful from me. Um, and I said a lot of words that I regret saying. Mm-hmm. It was on Thanksgiving Day of all days. Whoever Jim from Amazon was, um, I was very upset with a, an exchange and 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 I just lost my patience very quickly. And then I needed to go back and talk to my kids about that. You know, I shouldn't have acted that this way. I shouldn't have said those things. This is why I did that. Mm-hmm. I took all those frustrations out on Jim from Amazon. Right. And, and 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 then I talked to them about how I could have done that differently and how we shouldn't treat people that way, especially on Thanksgiving. Right. Um, and so that was a learning moment for them and in a teaching moment that in a way is being a witness because, you know, if we offend others, Mm -hmm. we should apologize. Mm -hmm. We should seek forgiveness. So I remember that from my own childhood a lot. Like that's, that's what I took away from, especially my dad's example. I think both my parents did this very well, but especially my dad's example when I was younger and if we would get in trouble or he would yell or we, you know, we would need to go to timeout or get sent to our room or whatever. It's like we would go and serve the consequence and then my dad would always come up and be like, you know, I didn't mean to raise my voice, you know, and he would apologize and then just very calmly like walk through kind of what happened. And I always really appreciated that because like, 
I don't know. You always say like your daughter is kind of your sensitive soul. I was, I felt like I was the sensitive soul. (laughs) Like if my dad was mad or sad at me, like I, it was just really rough. And so I always really appreciated him coming back and like just having that very gentle witness, Mm -hmm. um, of love for me. And so I think I try and carry that into my kids, even if I have those moments where I am not gentle or, you know, I'm frustrated. Yeah. It's important that, that they see that, that witness, um, you know, and treat each other with respect. I think right. that kind of models that when they offend each other or they get upset at each other, it helps to establish the pattern for them of apologizing to another person mm-hmm. and, and you know, and extending forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other tips, I think, and I kind of talked about this really quick, but using every moment as a teaching moment. Using mm-hmm. every moment as a teaching moment. So um, I can think of one example with our kids that immediately comes to mind. And it was like, I think my husband was listening to a podcast or listening to a video or something. And it was while we were at the dinner table. And so like everyone heard it. And it said something like, like nobody knows the meaning of life or something that was like, mm, we do though. So it obviously mm-hmm. wasn't about the faith. And so my daughter heard that. And so I go, Clara, do you know the meaning of life? And she just goes, mm, no. And so then I was like, well, this is the, this is the purpose of life. Like how we live now, our goal is to get to heaven and to live with God in heaven. And he, you know, he, he asks us to live a life of holiness and all of this stuff. So it was just very much like, okay, something came up while we were all around. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit contrary to our faith. Let's just pause and teach on that really quick. Yeah, you really have to. And like watching movies, don't just watch a movie for the sake of watching movie. the movie. Like if something comes up in there that a seed of the gospel message is in there, talk about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, a good example that comes to mind, this may be a little bit spoilery. Uh, spoilery? It's a hard word to say. Is it a word though? <laughs> is it a word? Spoiler E. I think when I say it slowly, I can get through it. I think it might be a word. Anyway, uh, so we went to see Spider-Man No Way Home, right? And looking at what happens in that movie, Spider-Man starts to look a lot like Jesus, specifically Tobey Maguire. I'm sorry, Kara. I know how much you love Tobey Maguire. No. Uh, He's not terrible in this one. I no, did not like no. the original Spider-Man right. movie. But really good. And that's a huge spoiler. If you haven't seen it by now, though, I'm guessing you probably don't want to see it. But anyways, he looks a lot like Jesus in that movie and in, in, in extending mercy and trying to model mercy and forgiveness and I think you see a lot of that idea of mercy and forgiveness and second chances all through that movie. There's this saying that a lot of times it's attributed to Mother Teresa. She didn't actually say it. Um, I forget the name of the person that said it. We'll put it in the show notes. But the, the idea that people are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered, love them anyway. People really need help, but they may attack you if you do help them. Help them anyway. Give the world your best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world your best, the best you have anyway. That idea is a very gospel-y sort of idea. I'm just inventing words all over the place. <laughs> but that comes through in the, in the movie, so talk about that with them. You know, if you're watching Frozen, this is a little bit dated, I suppose, but um, Anna looks a lot like Jesus in that movie, right? Not look in appearance. You mean in, like, their actions? In their and, like, actions what they, and okay. what they do. Yeah. That's that idea of sacrificial love. Um, When my kids first watched Snow White, one thing we talk about is what happened to her. She ate from the fruit, and then the sleep of sin and death came upon her until a kiss from the prince breathes new life 
into her through the Holy Spirit, and she has new life again. That's the gospel message. You know, can you help them to connect those things and to speak into those things? Yeah, I can think of, um, this has happened several times, but I just, this is something that I love is like, my daughter is definitely in the question stage, you know, like why, why do you do that? And what, you know, she just comes up with her, her own stories and her own questions. And, and I like being able now to, to see how she applies the things that like we have tried to instill over the course of the last four years. And I remember this was probably two years ago at the start of it. Um, where she's crazy about music, crazy about dancing. And so every single time we get in the car, she wants to listen to her song. Um, she calls, mom, will you put on my song? And sometimes I just want quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes we're like, no, I don't think I'm going to. And she's like, well, why? And so rather than being like, cause I don't want to, uh, or because your song is annoying, which sometimes it is. (laughs) Then I say, because sometimes mom just needs a little bit of silence but why? Mm -hmm. And so I try to, I try to tell her because if I'm never silent, God can never talk to me. Mm -hmm. And so I told her that I said, well, because if I don't ever give God a chance to talk to me because I never am quiet, like it's really hard to hear his voice. And now this has happened so many times. And I just think it's like the most precious thing. There was one time where we got in the car and she asked for music and I said, no. And she goes, why? Because God's talking to you. And so she connects that. And now we're at the point now where she will just outright say, mom, I think God is talking to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, it's the sweetest thing. There was one time she said that she goes, mom, I think God's talking to me. And she goes, well, what is he saying? And she goes, Shh, I'm trying to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a little bit of the sass in there. Too. I was like, Oh, okay. That's so funny. But it's just so precious that she, she recognizes that the silence is needed Mm -hmm. and that God does want to try and talk to her. So I think even just those moments where it's super easy to just like brush off one of your kids questions, Mm -hmm. um, but really using those as opportunities to teach because sometimes it is not that I need silence because God's talking to me. Sometimes it really is just like, I've had a day full of noise and that could have been my answer. It's just like, Oh, it's just, I have a lot of noise going on in my head, but instead turning that to faith and talking about the faith. Yeah. Yeah. Kara, I'm reminded of, Zoe, who's Clara's bestie. Yeah. Um, and Gerard's future wife. <laughs> yes, and Gerard's future wife. So we were at Mass. This was recently, and I think I've told this story on a past episode, but there was a, a, an elderly man sitting behind us watching our family, and he seemed to be like happy to see a young family at Mass mm-hmm. and so many kids. And as we were getting ready to go up for communion, Zoe turned around and genuflected toward this man as if she was like trying to... She did it in a way like, let me teach you how to do this, dad. <laughs> you know, and my first response was to correct to correct her. I didn't say anything, though, but that was what I was going to, to say. No, we genuflect toward the tabernacle. And at that point, you know, it's like I heard the Lord say, but aren't I present in that man just like I am in that tabernacle? And then I, I thought about that for a moment and it was just like, oh, wow. You know, my three-year-old just taught me a valuable lesson. So then the discussion afterwards was Christ is present in the tabernacle. We genuflect toward the tabernacle. Yes, but you're right, Zoe. It's pretty incredible to think about it. But Christ is present in him too and me and you. Mm-hmm. And I know Clara talks about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how God is in her heart all yes. the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so no doubt some of that is at work in there mm-hmm. because they, they talk about those things all the time. Yeah. Like I remember Daniel um, one time 
one of the first times they were probably at mass together with with Clara when she was starting to talk that not cracker that Jesus mm-hmm. you know and it was like yeah. it was this big aha moment for Daniel yeah that he had to share with Clara yeah and it's just beautiful to see that faith we talk about being a witness of Christ to our kids but oftentimes it's the faith of our children that is a profound witness oh, to yeah. us, Kara. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, there was one time where uh, I think we had just had Gerard. And um, I was on maternity leave, so it was me and, and Clara and Gerard. And I was nursing Gerard, and Clara just was, like, climbing on me and trying to, trying to like, get out on my lap. And that obviously is not doable. And I just remember, like, being very impatient And at the end of the day, they had all gone to bed and I was kind of just like doing an exam at the end of the night, like, okay, what, you know, what were the blessings and what were areas that I could work on today? And it was really like that moment kept standing out to me and like they, she, like they teach me so much. It was like in that moment, she was not trying to be an inconvenience. She was not trying to get me frustrated. She wasn't trying to climb all over me in that moment. She was like two years old. In that moment, she just wanted to be around somebody that she trusted and that she loved. And that was me. And I did not respond in that way to her. Mm -hmm. And so it was very much like one of those learning um, and really reflecting moments like, okay, sometimes I have to put myself aside and like love my child in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so she taught me something directly Mm -hmm. in that. And so I definitely, they, they absolutely do teach us something if we let them to teach us something, which is why Jesus uses children so often, so often. Mm -hmm. Like who are the greatest in the kingdom? Children. 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 Yep. And he says to come to him with the faith of children. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So, um, just, sorry, one more, one more thing that comes to mind. Um, when we go to mass and we all go up for communion and I told BJ this and I go, you have to watch. It's the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. When we go up to communion, I'll hold Gerard in my hands and like, I'll put my hands out to receive Jesus and, or I'll, you know, open my mouth or whatever. COVID things are different right. and yep. throwing things off. But Gerard just like holds his one hand out. <laughs> like he's waiting for Jesus. And then when he does it, like when obviously the priest doesn't put Jesus into his hand, he like gets so sad. He sticks his lip out and then he like hides Aww. his face in my shoulder. <laughs> and so I just like, he's only two years old, but I just take those moments to be like, you know, the priest gave you a blessing. So even mm-hmm. though you're not receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, you do get to receive Jesus because he's in the blessing and mm. you receive that grace. And so obviously I say it a little bit different to a two-year-old, but that helped a lot with Clara because she was very much the same way. Mm-hmm. So even those moments where like, oh man, my, my child is crying at mass or whatever, like there might be something behind that and really opening that up and using that to teach them about the beauty that is happening in those moments. Yeah, like to not be able to receive but still love Christ so right. much that you want to. You want to. him. Yeah. Adding to that, just an example of the radical faith you see in your children. Uh, I remember Hannah, our oldest, who was about three or four years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had told her many times, she had, she had heard us say many times, if you love Jesus, you can't help but tell other people about Jesus so that they can love him too. Because that that's what we're created for. You asked that question earlier. Um, what's the meaning of life? It's, right. it's to praise, it's to give glory to God. Mm-hmm. And for the salvation of souls, first our own and then others, that it's those two things. Uh, You can go back and listen to our Made for Greatness episode if you want to learn more about that. But that's the reason. And we we instilled those things in Hannah, and she understood it well enough at three, 
four years old that one time we were eating at a restaurant and she just randomly got up from our table and she walked over to another table where this couple was sitting and she just said, Jesus, <laughs> just like that. That's all she said. And they kind of looked at her confused and smiled and I went over and got her and brought her back. And she did the same thing again, walked over, Jesus, you know, <laughs> I went back, brought her. And then the third time she went, as I was walking her back, I said, what are you doing, Hannah? And she said, well, I love Jesus and I want them to love Jesus too, because I want them to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, adults don't even have that much courage. Right. Usually. Right. And yet this child who many would dismiss in that way, mm-hmm. Kara, one of our pet peeves is when people downplay how spiritually hunger, hungry mm-hmm. children can be and how much they understand. And that what a witness to us of courage, of sharing the love of Christ with others. Absolutely incredible. So again, like there's modeling the love of Christ for our kids, but sometimes they model it for us. Again, mm-hmm. just reiterating that point, how much we're talking about teaching your kids, but oftentimes they're teaching us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, like we're sharing so many stories, but like, I don't want this to be like, okay, we get it. You guys have so many stories with your kids, but really I think a lot of it, especially in those moments where they're teaching us, like Jesus says, let the children come to me. He says that for a reason because he also goes to them. So I feel like so many of those moments where he, you know, they're teaching us or these, these moments where they are experiencing God, it's not like oh, wow, I'm doing such a great job as a mom or, you know, BJ did a, such a good job explaining that to them. It's it's like, no, the grace of God is in them right. and he is speaking to me through them. Amen. And so, so much of it is not like we don't want this to be, oh, man, I'm not doing what I should because mm-hmm. of experiences that we're sharing. I think really it just is about showing them that witness to sh- and showing them that love of God so that God works within them and in and, and life, it becomes alive in them, really. And I promise I fail more than I oh, succeed. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, I, yeah. Parental guilt is a thing yeah. and I have it very badly. Yeah. Um, but really, this whole idea of the domestic church, of Kara mentioned uh, earlier, being the primary educators of your kids, primary evangelists of your kids as the parents, first preachers, the yeah. first preachers. This isn't something distinctly Catholic. This goes right back to scripture itself, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, which in ancient Israel was seen as, and still kind of is in Judaism, the most sacred passage. It's the Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Of course, Jesus said that same thing uh, in the New Testament, Kara. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, and you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What that is getting at, Kara, is exactly what we're talking about. It's those tips. Do those things. Mm -hmm. Be a witness. Talk about the Lord. Talk about our faith. Share the faith with your kids and be a witness and use every moment as a teaching moment. Kara, I think it's important to do that also because instilling the faith in your children in that way, there are going to come times in your life as parents and in your marriage where you're going to need the faith of your kids to get through difficult times. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've mentioned on a previous podcast, yes, we are celebrating 
Francis Claire coming soon. But it was just two years ago that we had a miscarriage. Um, I mentioned Kara as godmother two times. She's mm-hmm. the other child is one of our intercessors, yeah. Miriam. Yeah. You know, and you know that was a tough day. You know, I woke up clear we're having a miscarriage, and it was a day that was just the day. It wasn't just that. There was a lot of things in that day that made it a very difficult day. And my wife and I knew we have to share this with our kids. We have to tell them because they need to understand why mommy and daddy are sad today and probably will be for a while. And we had that tender moment of it's probably the most difficult discussion we've ever had with our kids and explaining them to them what happened. And then once it settled in, we had our cry together as a family Immediately they got up, they went to the table, and they started drawing pictures of their sister in heaven and them going to meet her someday. And immediately that that sadness turned into joy, and it reminded us that we don't grieve as those without hope, that we will see her again. We, we you know, that's how we live. We live for heaven. And so that sadness turned into great joy, and it was the faith of our children that by God's grace, we instilled in them as imperfect of a job as we do. That faith is what saved us and got us through that very difficult moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like sharing those moments of failings or moments of sufferings, because that was definitely a time where you and Crystal were suffering and you wanted to share that with them. And really, I mean, I think that's a good witness for them to see how does God move in the suffering mm-hmm. and how is he, pre- how is he, ever present in the midst of the suffering. So even that example and being willing to share that with them, I think is such a good witness Mm -hmm. that we can offer our kids. Amen. Yeah. Going back to Deuteronomy six, I think what I heard in the midst of that too, in like handing that on to the faith or handing that on to their children and teaching their children says, these words, which I command you this day shall be upon your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children. So that stood out to me because, um, as many people know, one of my, Um, one of my biggest things, especially when teaching is teaching from scripture. And so I think that would be one of my tips too, is how to incorporate scripture into your family life or just how to start reading scripture to your kids. Because what God says here is teach diligently what I have taught you. How can we do that if we don't know what he teaches us and what he teaches us is found in scripture. I really like uh, the passage road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what he does. He comes upon disciples and these aren't children, but he comes upon disciples and they don't recognize him. And so what does he do? He opens up the Old Testament, he opens up the scriptures and he reveals himself through those pages and they still don't recognize him. And then he goes and they have the breaking of the bread and they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Mm. How, why do they recognize him in the breaking of the bread? I have to believe that it's because he opened the scriptures and he taught them about himself. You know, we have that, we had that study that came out that was talking about, you know, over 70% of Catholics don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. Why? Why might that be? I'm going to get really, really passionate and maybe a little harsh here. Oh, another feisty episode. I know. I know. Because <laughs> we don't know scripture. That mm. is why. Mm-hmm. That is why. 70%. If we, don't, if we cannot recognize Christ in the breaking of the bread, like they do in the, in the story of Emmaus, why? Because we don't know scripture. And that's how they recognize Jesus is because he opened up the scriptures. So when we think of like, you know, why are our kids leaving the faith? It's like, 
do they know scripture? Mm-hmm. So I, I am huge on this tip. Huge. We have to be reading scripture to our kids. Have to. Because when we go to teach the deeper doctrines of the faith or when we go to, to talk about moral issues as they get older into, into their teenage years or when we have moments of suffering or loss, like what are we going to revert to? Not just like feely good things, but the word of God. Yeah. Well, that's what we need to revert to. And so that would be one of my biggest tips is reading scripture to your kids. So Fred, do you have any tips on how to go about doing that, especially for somebody who has maybe never incorporated that into their family life? Yeah, well, a few quick things. First, Kara, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Yes. That's what the church teaches. Uh, St. Jerome said that. Yes. It's in the catechism. Also, if you like when Kara gets feisty. I'm sorry. Please leave a five-star review <laughs> and a comment. I actually feel really bad. Like the last episode, episode about the Holy Spirit, I was like, man, was I too feisty? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see more feisty, Kara, just like. No, because then share. we're going to get like one star be like, I don't like feisty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, <it> was, no. <laughs> no review if you don't like feisty, Kara. Okay, yeah. Five stars if yeah. you do. Only if it's good. All right. So just reiterating your point, Kara, before I go into tips, the impact reading scripture can have on the kid on your kids even if you you think well i don't know enough to do that care i grew up in a really religiously mixed up home mm-hmm. but my dad had this habit of reading bible stories to me f- regularly on sundays even though we never went to church growing up mm-hmm. I, the first time i stepped into a church i think i was 18 years old mm-hmm. but that time and reading scripture was very profound. Like I look back onto that and I think I really enjoyed that, you know, and I think a big part of why I am doing what I'm doing now and where I am now was because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad couldn't answer any questions I had really because right. he just didn't have the formation or understanding necessarily. But there was something magical in the reading of scripture. Magical is not the best word. <laughs> I mean, grace filled. There's, there's a grace in that. And I found that with my own kids. If I take the time, and it's usually just a children's Bible at their age, they tend to get pretty excited about Scripture. Mm-hmm. And and I found that in my own journey of faith, Kara, when I had my initial conversion, I when I started reading First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings in particular, like it was like binge watching something mm-hmm. on Netflix. You know, it was like Cobra Kai. Oh, I got to watch the next season. Get enough. You know, it was like, what's going to happen to Samuel in this one? Mm-hmm. Oh, this da- David, you know, and that I just got exciting and I excited and I couldn't stop turning the pages. There's something special when we do that. And Kara, in our work, we've seen that when we incorporate Lexio yeah. Divina, which we've talked about on the podcast before, kids respond really well. Like mm-hmm. we've heard children say things like, I felt like Christ was in the room talking to me. Mm-hmm. Well, he was yeah. through his word. And so I think the the biggest tip really is just just do it. Yeah. Just read them a story. Even if it's just a children's Bible, even if you read them one page from a children's Bible mm-hmm. every day, that's enough. It's yeah. a good start. Make it a habit. We're not saying you need to spend 30 minutes a day reading Leviticus to your kids, <laughs> you know, but they should know the highlights right. and they should see how those all connect. Um the Great Adventure, they have a Bible for kids. Um, it's escaping me what it's called because it just changed its name, but Emily Cavins. It's a great Bible for children. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, There's a lot of great resources out there. Yeah, we have a picture Bible. And I actually will say this. like, I was really convicted because I heard somebody else who was talking about this. And, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm trying really hard to, to hand the faith on to my kids and teach them about the faith all the time. 
But that was actually one area where I was really lacking, believe it or not, because <laughs> I love scripture. But that was one area where it was like, oh, well, we're rushing to get to bedtime. And, you know, we don't always get to a book or whatever. So like, what's when's the time to do scripture? So really making that intentional. And so we started reading just one story from this children's picture Bible. And for a little bit, it was kind of an argument because like, my kids wanted kid buy or kid books and they wanted like, you know, stories or their new one that they got in the mail or whatever. And so for a little bit, it was kind of an argument. And now it's like, mom, can we read the Bible? And so now they want it. And I just, I love like hearing that and seeing that. It's like, absolutely. We're 20 minutes past bedtime, but I would love to read a Bible story with you. So it really is very much like, just do it. Just if if you, yeah, if you feel like, oh, I don't do that, just pick one up and start doing it. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how to how as parents, we can make every opportunity into a teaching moment. I kind of want to talk just really, really quickly. It doesn't have to be a ton of time, but I want to talk about how to equip our kids or like our older kids to teach their siblings and to be prepared to teach their siblings. Because I think it's not just about us living as witnesses, but also our our children like being examples for their younger kids or for their younger siblings. And so I can think of, um, Fred, you mentioned this a little bit. Like, So whenever we pass this church on our way home or to daycare, we always pray. And, um, and we talk about how Jesus is present in the tabernacle, but he also lives in your heart. And so my favorite thing was, I think, I mean, it probably happened, I don't know, a year ago for the first time, but now it's just every day, every single time we pass there, my daughter says it to her brother and she was like, Gerard. Well, we always, we always pass the church and she just yells, hi, Jesus, and Uh does the sign of the cross. And then she turns to Gerard and she goes, did you know that Jesus is in your heart? And so now she's just she's asking him those questions and she's teaching him and they they started doing this um this thing where every morning we'll we'll pray um with each other you know what would you like to say to god this morning or whatever and and so clara does that with gerard she's like gerard what do you want to say to god and half the time it's just jesus which the name of jesus is a prayer so that's great we encourage that um and so one of the things we we try and do is end with a rope prayer and so we were doing the hail mary and um clara had it memorized and so how she learned was basically we would say the first half of each like sentence and then she would say the last word Mm -hmm. so hail she'd say mary Mary. full of she'd say grace yep Mm -hmm. so that's how she learned it and now she's like her and i will start the prayer together she goes mom no I'm teaching as you can tell from my imitation of her. She's very sassy Mm -hmm. mom. I'm teaching. So now she does my part, like the teaching part Mm -hmm. and Gerard does the one word and it's like the sweetest thing ever. It it is an easy way to teach your kids prayer that way. Just hail Mary Mm -hmm. full of grace. Grace. The Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. It really works. Yeah. Yeah. It's super sweet. So I think that's one thing that actually can be very beneficial um, is just helping your kids realize when you're using a teaching opportunity. Because sometimes it, it is like, you know, Gerard, what would you like to say? And Clara would be like, he can't talk. And it's like, oh, I know. But, you know, we want him to get in the habit of that conversation. So you really, it, it really sometimes is just as simple as like, we're trying to have a teaching moment here. And she's like, mm. oh, okay. She started calling herself, I'm the teacher. And now <laughs> she plays pretend teacher because we started doing that. So I think it's good to equip your your own kids to be those witnesses and teachers for their siblings as well. Yeah. I mean, Hannah, example of sharing 
what she thought was the gospel, yeah. which basically it is yeah. because that was where her heart was, is the same thing Gerard said. Yeah. When in doubt, just say Jesus. Jesus. That mm-hmm. works. Yeah. You know, but but you're so right, Kara. I, I think if you're if you're using every moment as a teaching moment, and and you're trying to be a witness for Christ, you are preparing them mm-hmm. to teach. I think there's a lot of things that go in here too. Our kids, when we when they hear an ambulance, mm-hmm. they pray. Yep. When we pass a cemetery, eternal yep. rest grant unto them. You know. Yep. That's Ours what is the do. same for a, like a homeless person. Mm-hmm. We'll pray for the homeless person, and now Clara has started. Whenever she sees someone like on a walk, she's like, "Mom, we need to pray for them. They need a car." Like, "Mom, sometimes," or I was like, "Clara, sometimes they're just like on a walk." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we try and do that too in the car. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's all those kind of things I think that that make the difference and yeah. teach them to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. The last bit of of tip um, that we have is bringing in those celebration moments into your home so whether those are like the liturgical seasons making something of advent making something of lent um i really like this we have never done this as a tradition but i think this is the most beautiful thing and i really want to especially when our kids get older and like we can like really talk about you know what was happening in the scripture passage i really like the tradition during lent of like the parents washing their kids Mm -hmm. feet I think that is so beautiful Mm. and we've never done it. I really, really want to. (laughs) So, but like stuff like that, um, like just making liturgical seasons really impactful. I'm really prayerful, really loving. Or, you know, if, if you remember when the date that your child was baptized, like Clara the other day, Mm -hmm. she was getting her haircut and you know, she was asked, how old are you? And she goes four. And she goes, I just had my baptism birthday. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, how do I explain this? What a baptism, (laughs) you know, to another person. But she was so excited about it because how we explained it to her was, you know, on your birthday, you're born into the world on your baptism birthday, you're born into the church. And so we Mm -hmm. celebrate those um, you know, with just maybe like a faithful gift or something like that. Um, or like their namesake day. So she named mm-hmm. after St. Clair. So celebrating on St. Clair's feast day or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think those are really simple ways of bringing the faith deeper into your home and integrating them into your kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Kara. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, as we're sitting in the midst of your chapel, maybe the importance of having sacred space at your house? Yeah, you need to have a, a sacred space. Um, so at our house, we do have it's our chapel slash studio mm-hmm. here and it's a place that it's very different than the rest of the house you can tell there's hardly anything in here but what's sacred and our studio stuff mm-hmm. and we've we've told them this isn't to play there's no toys that come in here or to drop your stuff or it, whatever this is not throw your junk on the on the desk when there's nowhere else to put it there's something different about this room we've got six kids basically it's a sacrifice to give up a room for this, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. It's it, We need that space. Now, not everybody can give up a room in their house, but you might be able to give up a wall. Mm-hmm. That's or, ours. Ours is a full wall. <laughs> or a shelf. There needs to be a place in your home, and I, I think this is true whether you have kids or not, where you can focus your attention on the Lord and, and something... It, it, that says this space is a little bit different. It's sacred, and this is a place where I come to encounter the Lord. And that for us, that's that's here. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that um, we wanted to end with is, um, and Fred did a really awesome, uh, like not experiment. I don't know. He just an activity that he did with kids at, at one of our parishes. 
And basically, it's how to pray with your kids or teach your kids how to pray. So, Fred, do you want to talk about that method? Yeah, I think the easiest one for kids to grasp is it's called the ACTS method. A-C-T-S. That's adoration. That's basically where you come before the Lord and you say, thank you, Lord, for creating us. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for being God. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. That, you adore him in every you way. You adore <laughs> him. You're, you know, you're amazing, God. I love you. That sort of thing. And the C is for contrition. That's basically where you're saying to the Lord, I often forget about you, even though you don't forget about me. Thank you for your grace. Even though I fall short, you still love me. Really like the examine part, like things right. that you are sorry for or want to improve right. on or whatever. And then the T for thanksgiving, that's when you're thanking God for his goodness. Thanking him for, Lord, thank you for Kara. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for uh, Francis Clare, who will be born here anytime soon. And supplication, that's where you present your request to God. The thing you're actually praying for is actually at the end of that. So you adore the Lord, you, you're, you're contrite, you're apologizing for areas you fall short, you're thanking him, and then you're presenting your need to, to the Lord. And it's actually an easy way to guide those of us that aren't comfortable praying spontaneously. It really is a good guide to us, and it's a good model to uh, teach kids, and mm-hmm. it works really well. Because, Kara, I think that is important. As I said, right at the beginning, our kids need to hear us pray. Yeah, They need to witness that. They need to see us pray. They need to experience prayer in that way. They also need to hear us bless them. I forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah. I bless my kids every night and it's just the the blessing from even you know it from uh divine office. May the Lord bless you, protect you from all evil and bring you to everlasting life. They need to hear that every day. But anyways, back to the prayer care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So um Fred was teaching it and he like called kids up. And there were several people who volunteered, but there was one girl who um, basically it was like, okay, can you share, you know, what's one thing you love about your parent? Because they were there with their parents. What's one thing you love about your mom? And she was just like, her job. And so to us, like to us, it's easy to be like, her job, you know, why mm-hmm. are you thankful for her? You know, and we like jump to a conclusion of just that one thing that that child said. But Fred basically took that, her job, and turned it into this prayer using the Acts method, thanking God for her mom, for how hard she works to provide for the family and all of this stuff. And like this young girl started crying and her mom did as and well. And her mom started crying mm-hmm. and it was just very beautiful because her simple words, you know, what are you thankful for, for your mom, her job, those simple words, like just showing her how she can make that into a prayer to God. And it was so clear that like, those were the things she needed to say, you know, thank you for how much my mom loves us and how much she cares about our family and works hard to provide for our family. But she just, didn't know how to articulate that. Mm -hmm. And so modeling that, even if it is just asking them at the end of the night, like, what are you thankful for today? And then taking what they say and turning that into a prayer Mm -hmm. using this method acts and just showing it and modeling it. And maybe that's all that you have to do for a while before they are willing to, or able to turn that into their own prayer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So in that spirit, um, ending with prayer and really instilling prayer into your kids, we are going to end this episode with prayer and um, we want our kids to do the prayers. So if you would join us in prayer. What is an Elizabeth Damon? Hail me. Blow up. Yes. Yours is with me. What's it down? What's it down? Die womb. Jesus. Hi. Me. 
Madov, Kar, Pefos, Sinas, Nan, Tertes, Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.